Welcome. This is the Lady Leadership Podcast. Sam's goal is clear, helping as many women as she can meet their full potential in business and in life. Hi, this is Sam McIntyre, and in this season of the Lady Leadership Podcast, I'm going to be talking to you about how to get the most out of your career, whether you have your own business, whether you work in corporate, or whether you're just starting out, maybe you're finishing uni. So... Thanks for joining me and I look forward to sharing all my tips and hints on how to fast track your career. So welcome and welcome back to episode number three of the Lady Leadership Podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day yesterday. If um, that's important to you, I hope you spent some time with someone that you love, whether that be a friend, whether that be a partner, whether that just be with yourself. Maybe you had a nice cup of tea. Um, So hope you had a good day. I think it's been a really interesting couple of weeks in the press. I think with uh, Taylor Swift's Miss Americana uh, film documentary debuting, um, we saw Ash Barty, an ad where it said the average tennis player was 176 centimetres and that she was only 166 centimetres, so she was told that she was too short um, to play tennis. We saw Jennifer Lopez come. Um, we saw some old footage of her talking to Huffington Post about all the sort of knockbacks and um, people saying that she couldn't sing, that she wasn't pretty enough, that she wasn't good enough to film, etc. And so it just really made me want to make a podcast um, essentially about, you know, what's your opinion of yourself and have you got your own back? So let's kick off with that to start this podcast was – you know, essentially to help women in particular about how to push forward, how to ask and expect more in their career and business. And, you know, just really about having your own back and thinking to yourself, yes, I can actually do this. So it just, over the years, it's just become apparent to me often when I meet up with a girlfriend or often when I, you know, meet up Um, maybe with someone who's reached out to me who wants some advice around their career etc just how many people are kind of waiting for someone else to tell them that they're capable of doing something so they're waiting for someone else to say oh I think you you know and even even myself I, I hadn't really thought that I was capable of being a CIO until I was um, told in an interview, I I was interviewing for a different job and I was told in that interview that the CIO was going to be retiring and would I be interested. And it wasn't something that I put out to the universe about myself. And, but look, you know, I, I said, yes, absolutely. I would be interested, but it, you know, it's surprising that it kind of took for someone else to say that to me for it to become, you know, something that I thought that I was capable. So I think it's, you know, about how do you, how do you kind of find that confidence within yourself and how do you strive for, you know, what you want? Um, Taylor's, Swift in her uh, documentary really, um, 
you know, kind of put it out there around stop being the good girl. So the girl who's quiet, the girl who doesn't want to force her opinions on anyone else, the girl who's told not to speak up or speak out, the girl who's told, you know, you don't want to upset anyone. And I think, I think, you know, fundamentally, um, that was probably how I was raised. And, um, so I'm in my late forties and, you know, I was very much raised in that era where, um, you know, the man was the breadwinner and the woman was the support to him. And I think just, I, I though, um, really just from an early age, just never wanted to have to actually rely on a man, um, for my sense of worth, for my um, well-being, for my for for money, and so um, something. So I, you know, I was I I was raised in a house where both my parents worked. My mum um, pretty much worked from the age of four, but she still very much was, um, you know, the the homemaker and. Um, supported my dad in um, his businesses but I remember I was a bit older and my dad um, my my mum actually was going away for the weekend so my um, with some friends and so she was a very independent lady still is a very independent lady and um, but still you know does um, probably she probably doesn't now but she used to do the majority of the tasks around the home um, and she'd said to me, oh, can you iron some, some shirts for your father? And I was like, what? And I was very much like, um, you know, he can use the iron. He's quite capable. And I just really, now I can't, I think I probably did end up ironing those shirts for my dad. But I was just like, why? Because I'm the daughter. Do I have to iron shirts for the man of the household because my mum's gone away. I think he's pretty capable of ironing his own shirt. So I just never I just never kind of wanted to set my life up in in that way. I wanted to be an independent woman who had her own career, who was able to provide for herself and who was, you know, an equal partner with my husband, so to speak. So I think that's kind of the background of of where my my values lie. So I think that, you know, when I did start out in my career, it really was just about getting a job. So um, it really wouldn't have made terribly much difference to my... So my parents didn't have, you know, really big expectations of me... Um, I really didn't have big expectations of myself. Um, for me, um, it really wouldn't have mattered, mattered whether I did or didn't go to university. Uh, I did go to university. I, I didn't get into what I wanted to get into. I wanted to be a, a travel agent. And look, I've done a lot of travel in my lifetime, so that's great. I didn't get the marks to get into that. I did, though, get the marks to get into computer science. So my grandfather said to me at the time, it was pretty sort of memorable. Um, he said, I think computers are going to be around for a while. Why don't you have a look at uh, computer science? Which was um, 
in retrospect, probably a little bit bizarre in that, you know, I wasn't his favorite grandchild. We didn't have a particularly close relationship. I think though he had actually um, been in the war. He, he'd been in uh, Papua New Guinea a, a couple of times and he'd actually worked on um, the telephony side and sending uh, messages up and down from the, from the troops. Um, so I think he had that experience of seeing technology and what it, um, how that had affected them. Um, you know, unfortunately he's passed, um, he passed like over 20 years ago. So I've never, you know, unfortunately I never kind of got to have, I didn't have the the insight at the time to kind of ask him about it and you know in reflection it would have been lovely to say hey you know why did you say that to me or um, because it's really you know that point has really kind of shaped uh, my career so um, yeah so I went to university um, very I think I think I really struggled in that first year uh, because, you know, I'd only ever done typing when we did computers at school. So I really went into that not knowing anything about computer science whatsoever. So struggled, certainly struggled in that first year. And then, you know, um, once leaving university, it was really kind of just about getting a job. And, um, you know, then it was the next job and the next job after that. I will say, though, that... Um, I had, I think, so my, I started my career down at Target down in Geelong and there was just, I worked with some terrific women who really kind of helped me um, and had my back and supported me whilst I grew my own confidence. I think I was always um, a go-getter in terms of work. I liked work. I liked problem solving. I liked doing the right thing by the company and by the people around me and so I think that you know that just really sort of put me on track I think though on reflection I did lack confidence I was always a bit worried I my husband would say that I'm I don't think it's very I don't think the the world sees it so much I think it's what I keep to myself but you know I have been a a massive warrior throughout my lifetime and you know I think I think that gets labeled as anxiety these days um and you know it's not something that I've been diagnosed with but it's something that I'm conscious of that I do sometimes worry about things and that I have to really kind of put it in perspective and I'm very conscious these days of negative thinking about myself. I'm very conscious of ne- negative thinking about the situ- a situation. I'm very conscious of has what I'm thinking actually happened? Have these people said whatever? Or am I just making it up in my head? And more often than not, it's just making it up in my head. So I, I saw someone talk recently. He's actually... Um, a horse trainer uh he works in the horsemanship area and he talked about um so horses kind of pick up on your negative thoughts and your negative thoughts about yourself and they don't necessarily see you as a leader and um he uh he thought that he really didn't have any negative thoughts about himself and there's a a little kind of thing that you can do like put some pebbles in your pocket and then you know transfer the pebbles say from one pocket to the to your from your left pocket to your right pocket every time you have a negative thought he said he'd had like 25 negative thoughts you know within the first hour of the day and so 
um, about kind of things, so to speak, and about himself, etc. So, yeah, that was kind of quite. I think it, it, you know, it's very much like what you put in is is what you get out. So I think you know, it's really um, it's worthwhile to listen to what are you saying to yourself. So, you know, back to my having your own back. Um, and what's your opinion of yourself you know are you too hard on yourself are you too you know um, are you being too critical of yourself are you setting your you know so in the workplace I don't like to set anyone up for failure and so you know are you setting yourself up for failure by having too kind of high expectations of yourself you know I think um, and I think it's also recognizing that when you are learning new things that there is a you know very much a stage of you know feeling uh uncomfortable and so um you know it's like when you can't when you learn to drive a car you know when you first learn to drive a car you know it takes so much con- concentration you're trying to coordinate your hands and your feet and you know where where the car's going and the speed of the car etc but as you learn to drive and as you move through the stages you know it becomes very kind of unconscious there's another there's another horse person that I listened to. Her name's Stacey Westfall. And she talks about kind of um, the the horse, the stages of horse training and that's kind of that unconscious incompetence. Then it's conscious incompetence. Then it's conscious competence. And then it's unconscious competence. And so that's, you know, really when you're setting out to learn something, you don't, you don't know what you don't know and so you're you're not that great at it you then you you might think you're good at it then you kind of go a bit deeper and you realize actually consciously you realize I'm not that good at it and then you actually you improve and you then you don't realize that you've really improved and then you start to realize you know what I can actually do this task really without thinking about it uh, too much, very much like driving a, a car. And I think that, you know, kind of really relates to your skill in the workplace and, and how you learn and, and, and what you're doing. And so I think just, you know, being being really mindful of what your opinion of yourself is and what stage of your career and where are you and how are you thinking about yourself. And then then I think it's really kind of about, you know, if you are in your comfort zone, then pushing, how do you push yourself out of that comfort zone when it, when it comes to your career? How do you, you know, really ask for more and expect more of yourself? So, and I, I remember when I first became, and I'm sort of with my hands doing hashtags in the air, um, an executive at an, at an organisation and I was going to exec meetings with the exec team and, you know, pretty big organisation. And I've got to say the first few meetings that I attended, I was absolutely petrified. So they were, um, you know, very formal meetings, not a lot of joking and laughing uh, we were talking about IT problems for a pretty massive organisation and we'd have an agenda and I've got to say, you know, probably for the first couple of meetings I was like a deer caught in the headlights. I really, I just felt 
that I was, um, and you hear a lot of people talking about this imposter syndrome, I felt like they were going to find out about me that I really wasn't that good at IT, that I really didn't know uh, what I was doing. Um, And yet, you know, (laughs) I was really lucky to have some great um, supportive people around me. Uh, There was a couple of fantastic ladies that I worked with who would, we'd be able to, um, you know, have a chat and, you know, I would know that it wouldn't go any further than them. And so, you know, I talked about this in a different podcast, you know, just kind of having that that tribe, that team, that squad around you. So I was really lucky to have them. Um, I also made sure that I prepared for that meeting um, and I also, you know, set myself uh, – so I think – um, you know, one of the meetings had like about 18 people in it. It's quite hard to sometimes be heard amongst a group of that many and, you know, there'd be a lot of back and forth between people and, you know, who had opinions on different things, etc. So I, I just kind of, when I started, I just gave myself the task of saying a couple of things in the meeting. So just have have a little bit of a voice. So it, it was... Uh, um, you know, quite a, a high pressure, pressure sort of male dominated area, but I just sort of, um, you know, made sure I said something and had an opinion about something or added something or, or even, you know, if they were looking for volunteers to, to help with something, then I'd volunteer myself or ask if um, I could potentially, you know, so that that's the way that I sort of, you know, got myself uh, amongst that group I then you know formed independent relationships with people outside of those meetings and you know tried to connect with people outside of that I then you know also asked um, for feedback so I remember uh, one guy said to me uh, you know when I was asking feedback he said just remember you've got a seat at the table so you know a bit about sort of stop doubting yourself um you know and and that kind of really stands out to me um you know it's something that I continue to do in my career now I continue to um you know prepare for meetings I continue to think okay what is my opinion on something what do, what do I think about something what points do I want to get across what questions do I want to ask what do I want to investigate more um when I organize meetings with senior executives I often prepare like some sort of pack um I think having something visual really helps um and kind of steers the conversation it allows me to prepare ahead of time and to think concisely about the points that I want to make I also like to put in that document what decisions are we looking for so what decisions do we actually need made so why are we you know why are we meeting and you know what are some decisions that we want and what are some options in regards to those decisions and I'll lay that out very much this is the problem these are the options um, what's our and I will also often give a recommendation and so that just kind of puts it all into a very nice concise sort of piece that you can take to people and to get some decisions made quite quickly so that that tends to be how I how I operate these days I still you know there's still certain meetings that I go to where I still feel a bit anxious you know depending on who's there I'll just organize myself um, you know, like I would for any meeting, um, as I mentioned earlier. So, you know, I've covered just having your own back, be being careful about your thoughts about yourself. So trying to have positive 
thoughts about yourself. I just covered that kind of learning curve in terms of the unconscious incompetence, the conscious incompetence, the conscious competence and then the unconscious competence and just you know as you go through learning new skills and learning new things you know you're going to feel uncomfortable at times and it's you know it's it's just time that that it takes to to kind of learn and to uh and to move forward and to feel you know to to acknowledge to yourself that learning can be uncomfortable and you know, a lot of people say, you, you know, you only learn through failure or by, um, by getting it wrong. So yeah, and I certainly agree with that. So I wanted to finish by saying thank you for joining me and uh, listening to this week's episode of Lady Leadership. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I just wanted to say, you know, when you go into this week, have your own back. Um, be careful about what you're thinking about yourself and just enjoy the process. So enjoy the process of feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Enjoy the process of learning. Um, you know, just kind of sit back and observe your thoughts and your feelings into how you're interacting in the workplace and, you know, with the people around you and have a terrific week. Be your best. Cheers. Thank you.